Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Hybrid Geek Podcast, episode number 37 with Brielle Hayward Piakowski. Uh, she is an old friend of mine from my undergrad days at the University of Delaware, so um, it was really great to uh, reconnect with her recently and then jump on uh, for this podcast here. So um, she's doing really interesting stuff with her PhD studies and is uh, just a proper geek. I've always appreciated that about her. And uh, yeah, so we just talk about what she's into, the work that she's doing, and all that good stuff. So um, strap in for a awesome episode. And after this brief message from our sponsor, this is episode number 37 with Brielle. This episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast is brought to you by Top Hat, the teaching app that makes active learning come to life. Top Hat already helps thousands of college professors create their perfect course, both inside and outside the classroom. It's a suite of easy-to-use apps to engage your class, adopt incredible next-generation textbooks, or to run tests within a secure digital environment. Best of all, it integrates with all the popular LMS systems and doesn't require IT approval to get started. See why professors in over 700 colleges and universities across North America already use Top Hat to power their classrooms. Visit tophat.com slash geek to learn more. That's tophat.com slash geek. Yeah, we will go ahead and dive in here. Um, appreciate you uh, spending some time chatting with me here for the podcast, Brielle, and uh, this is sort of a... Uh, we crossed paths, I guess, again, after a couple of years, uh, you know, uh, we have a University of Delaware connection uh, where I went to undergrad and where you're currently uh, pursuing your uh, doctorate. So I'll be curious to hear kind of more about your journey and things that you've learned and uh, the things that you geek out about. But um, we'll start off as we always do. If you just want to share um, an introduction of who you are and your professional journey, you know, how you got to be where you are today, then we'll kind of dig in a couple of pieces of, uh, of your journey. Sure, sure. Thank you for having me as well. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> my name's Brielle, as you've already introduced me, and I'm I'm from Delaware actually, and did my bachelor's degree in the University of Delaware in biology. I took a year off, wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go to school, but not exactly what for. Uh, and so I decided to go to a state school in Connecticut, kind of by happenstance. It just so happened that there was somebody there doing research that I was very interested in. And so I picked that over a bigger name school to do my master's degree. Uh So I worked with Sarah Crawford um, and I did some cancer research and specifically looking at um, the environment in which cancer grows and trying to understand how that affects the way cancer grows. Um, Because this is a kind of up and coming area of cancer research and it's kind of important. Uh And while there, I had a training experience to work for Martin Schwartz at Yale University for two years, and I did some cardiovascular research. Uh, So I got a good idea of what working in academia felt like. And after that, and after finishing a master's degree, I decided I wanted to stay in academia because I really enjoyed how that atmosphere, um, how it works, Uh and the kinds of interactions you get. So I get to work with people who are starting out in their scientific career and academic careers, as well as people who've been there for a very long time. Um, And it's just, you really grow in that kind of an experience. And so I decided to do my PhD and University of Delaware has a great program and a lot of really interesting research going on. So I decided to come a little closer to home. Yeah, very cool. Well, I guess maybe now since you've had very distinct different experiences, we would talk about people's sort of undergraduate experience, um, you know, what that kind of gave, to, you know, gave to them personally and professionally. But I guess if you want to 
if you can think of anything from kind of each part of your journey so far, like what did your undergraduate experience at UD give you? What did, you know, this kind of, like you said, kind of by happenstance, you went somewhere different, but I'm sure you, you know, you know, you, <laughs> you know, learn some stuff and all that. So like, what did those different parts of your journey give you as you're now, you know, pursuing, um, you know, it's going to be like a long kind of process for you. Like it seems like it kind of cemented that a little bit more for you. So I guess what were those kind of morsels that, um, the different experiences you've had so far, like what do those give you? Yeah. So, I mean, undergraduate really just is kind of, in biology gives you a very broad look at what biology is. So it really hits on everything from as small as like what happens in the cell up through how like populations change uh, globally. Um, So like undergrad, it was just kind of like, well, what do I want to do with biology? (laughs) Like, where do I want to go in this? Um, but there are a lot of really great people in my program, um, a lot of great professors and, uh, my capstone class for my program, I happened to take a cancer biology class and, uh, two of my, my closest friends in the program were in the class with me and we were all very engaged. Um, we got to write a mock grant, which really showed me what trying to succeed in this field takes. Um, and it was really fun to kind of come up with a project just based and write a grant about it just based on looking at the the literature Uh and to do it with friends because of course that takes the edge off of a very scary project like writing uh, a 10 page grant sure sure but uh yeah and of course you and i were friends so Uh that was also Uh a plus it's great to have friends that are not in your program to help lighten things up and kind of give you a perspective in a different direction And so I really just had to do some soul searching and cancer was something that I just, it just seemed to click. Um, And then in my master's program, so it was a small state school, University of Delaware is a state school, but it's quite large. Um, I wanted to go somewhere smaller. I wanted to feel like I was part of like a small pond, so to speak. And Southern was definitely a small pond. but I really was given a lot of freedom to kind of do what I wanted. Uh, it, working in my field, there's a lot of variety. And some work environments, things are very structured. You're, you're basically like really guided through your projects. Um, whereas other places like where I went, it was very open. And I could kind of just play around and, you know, do, do messy science, so to speak. Um, so that was also great. And for me, the people I work with, which are also in academia, also going through things like taking classes while also trying to perform research and going through the troubleshooting that research really takes. There's a lot of, a lot of ways to find out how not to do something. Uh-huh. And it's great to have a network of people that are there that kind of guide you through. So a lot of it is the people I get to work with has helped kind of make help me with making this decision as well as, you know, I've always enjoyed classes. I really do love doing the research. So like, it's almost like trying to put a puzzle together. And when you find the pieces that fit, it's just a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. And while it can be frustrating when the pieces don't fit, you still get some questions that you can kind of pull from it. And you start to see the bigger picture from the things that don't and do fit, so to speak. Yeah. 
It was a combination of those things that, you know, I might have had a more winding path than most people. Uh, A lot of people go straight into the PhD from their bachelor's, but in a lot of ways, it's really made me appreciate what research has to offer and has given me better focus. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes sense and just like, you know, you saw something different and you like, you did that and you appreciated, you know, what made it unique. And then, you know, you made the decision to you know, come back to an environment that was familiar, but obviously doing something very different than what you were doing before here. So you're seeing different, you know, uh, aspects of the, the institution, different light and stuff. And I think, uh, yeah, it's kind of good on you for, you know, just like taking that tangent. And I think exactly what you're saying too, of just like, you know, if you, you know, you do something and it, you didn't have the result that you wanted from it, it's still just like that curiosity of like, well, why? Like, why did yeah. it end up that way? You know, and you just sort of like, obviously in the like literal experiments that you're doing, like testing a hypothesis or something, but also just like, you know, you could, it could have been obviously that different way where it's like you go to um, Southern Connecticut and just be like, oh, this is awful. I don't like it. But like, you start to realize like, well, what, what is it about it that I don't like? And what is it that I do prefer? But if you're always in like the same environment or doing the same things, you might not understand or have like kind of like the self-awareness of like, Oh, I do like being at a bigger school. I like being in Delaware. I like, you know, like you have a little bit more of like, well, cause it's, you know, kind of compared to that other thing, you know, like versus you just have nothing to compare it to. So it's just like, I mean, this is fine and I don't mind it, but I just don't know what else is out there. So, um, I guess all, all of that kind of stuff is what sort of like stuck out to me. So it's cool. Kind of, that was like the stuff that's like coming to mind for you now. And certainly, you know, when you reflect back on the, on the experience and everything. So, um, obviously all of that, like bringing you to where you are now, like, what is it, you know, if you just want to dig in a little bit deeper with like the current work and like research and everything that you're doing now, or like, you know, the classes and stuff that you're taking, like, what do you enjoy most about what you're doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I really love what I'm doing right now. And even though I'm still in the biology department, um, all of these, kind of places I've been, have always been in biology, like straight biology. But the things that I've done in my research in these places has really hit on a lot of um, other disciplines. So I had a fellowship in my master's program that focused on chemistry. My master's thesis was focused on like the environment that the cells grow in. So that's touching a little more on engineering. I worked in a mechanotransduction lab, so that gets into biophysics. So um, I've actually ended up in a biomedical engineering lab, even though I'm in the biology department. And even though I'm doing a lot of pure biology, I'm working alongside a lot of um, engineers who are doing some really cool things that could help my own research. And I can get a grasp on how they do these things so that in my future I could maybe use some of these tools and approaches that they use. Um, but it's a really interdisciplinary group. Uh, so there's a lot of us that come from various backgrounds. We've got a chemist, some chemical engineers, mechanical engineer, I'm the biologist. A lot of the biomedical engineers have like various different backgrounds in um, everything ranging from like very biology to like instrument design. Uh, and I'm doing a lot of cardiovascular research. Um, it's not really cancer, but it's still somewhat related and it's something very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and our lab is a developmental lab. So we are trying to address diseases that affect um, babies, essentially, in one way or another. Um, so one of the big things that we're focused on is bronchopulmonary dysplasia, which is referred to as BPD. And it's a, a 
disease that affects prematurely born infants. So an infant that's born greater than 10 weeks early needs to be ventilated and being ventilated can cause lung damage, Mm. which can require that that infant remain on a ventilator. And if that happens over a certain amount of days, that baby will be diagnosed with BPD. And that can be a lifelong disease uh, with issues with breathing. And so we are very interested in trying to understand what this disease is and uh, how this disease works so that we can focus on how do we prevent this um, disease from happening to infants. So that's part of what I work on. I'm working on the cardiovascular side of that because this damage causes damage to the cardiovascular system, um, which is very crucial in the lung to allow for that gas exchange to occur so that, you know, you can survive. Uh Um, Uh Yeah. So we have other people who are working on more of like the lung and the organ itself. And I work more on the cell side with the cardiovascular system. Um, Well, I guess that's just like, because I know some research might just be more theoretical. Like this seems like a very like practically driven, like you're trying to find a solution for a very specific problem. Um, Is that something that kind of like you're saying, like it kind of like resonates with you personally in terms of just having that very like that, that kind of focus versus maybe just doing something where you're like, I guess maybe not as, um, I guess as driven towards a solution. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of you know, a world that's foreign to me, but I guess I know sometimes people might not be, uh, you know, working as kind of directly towards uh, specific goals. It seems like you might be, or, you know, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I guess is that sort of like that focus sort of, you know, part of the draw for you in terms of like what, what you kind of, um, you know, keeps you driven, keeps you at it day after day. Yeah, so biology is a really crazy field in this way because you can get everything ranging from discovering something for the sake of discovering something to, um, you know, trying to cure diseases. And even though our focus is on BPD, I am a little more on that basic side of trying to understand, like, how this works. But what definitely drives me is knowing that figuring out how these pieces fit together could save lives like that. That's maybe why I got into cancer research. Mm -hmm. Really, Um, you know, cardiovascular disease is the number one disease that can kill you. It's even worse than cancer. So, you know, it's a still in that realm, but I guess, I guess connecting it to a bigger picture is something that's always resonated with me as well. Like why, why do I do this research? Like this, will hopefully help save people from suffering in some way. So that is definitely a focus for me, definitely something I am um, deeply interested in. And uh, I actually forgot to mention the most important part of my own project. Um, You know, BPD is really important, but the bigger kind of question that comes out of BPD is that it, it has a sex component to it. Males are way more likely to develop BPD than females. And this is well known clinically, but at the research level, this hasn't been something that has ever really been addressed. Um, Almost all research on BPD was just, no one specifies what the sex of the material they're working with is. Um, But there seems to be something about male versus female infants that really affect um, the likelihood of developing BPD. Um, And actually BPD is, is, 
carries a mortality rate. About 50% of those who get diagnosed with it actually die. So uh, a lot of male babies are dying from BPD compared to females. So I'm also trying to tease out what makes the male and female cells different and how this relates to BPD. So that's more of the basic side, looking at male versus female. But the bigger overarching theme is that I'm trying to help provide like what these differences are so that we can start to translate this into how do we better the odds for, for males and hopefully better the odds for all babies. But let's start with the most affected group. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess, yeah, it seems like, yeah, you're, uh, uh, and imagine you'd have to be news to a certain extent and, I guess one thing, yeah, the one point that came to my mind, yeah, that like driver, which I appreciate of just like, yeah, like trying to reduce suffering and, you know, just do right by people, um, you know, give something that is beneficial um, to the work that you're doing. Like, because some people I'm sure it might be like, maybe it's more of like the, the people who work in like pharmaceutical sales or something. But if you're like researching a thing, it's like, oh, cool, this could probably make a lot of money. And like, you know, this like, you know, <laughs> drug that will like sell or whatever. It's just like, like, yeah, you're like, you're in it. And, you know, yeah, I feel like you're doing it for all the right reasons, which is awesome. But um, I guess what I was going to say, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, it sounds like you're a curious person. I would imagine you would have to be, you know, just always curious and wondering why and, you know, trying to find those answers. And I think that's, you know, a properly geeky trait, you know, you're just somebody who kind of <laughs> loves learning and exploring and kind of absorbing information. So, you know, whether it is like stuff that you kind of do professionally on the side, just as other like involvements, uh, to develop yourself or, you know, help others or just the stuff, you know, kind of an and or situation, just like the personally, the things that you do for, for fun when you can, um, yeah. Like what are you, what are you geeking out about currently? And I don't know if it's stuff that you've always been into or stuff that you've discovered more recently, um, just anything that you'd want to highlight. Yeah, sure. Um, so I play a lot of games, and that ranges from video up through table games. Uh -huh. um, and in fact, this is this is a common trait in I think researchers. <laughs> so like our like part of part of the department that I work in, the biomedical engineers, we try to at least once a month all get together on a Friday night eat lots of junk food and sit around and play various table games and, uh, and board games. So our current favorite is betrayal at the house on the Hill, which is great. Hmm. Um, it's a, it's like a mansion building game that you're kind of exploring. And then there are a hundred different possible endings. You can like trip specific endings when you get into a certain room and find a certain card um, and then somebody becomes a traitor usually and, and turns against the rest of you and you have to meet certain goals to get to the end. So that's a, that's a fun time. Well, we, I also play video games, so that's a great way to come home and just like relax and really get into it. So I'm pretty into Witcher right now. Hmm. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel and, like I gotta explore that one. Yeah, I hear a lot of, a lot of good things about it. The, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, you have to really, you have to really like push through because it's not quite like other games. And the first couple levels of you leveling up can be a little rough. You'll probably die a lot. Gotcha. Okay, good but, to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also play Dungeons and Dragons, which is something I've discovered recently and is pretty geeky, but is very creative and a great way to just kind of relax and just let loose um, with the creativity. 
Um, yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, well, yeah, and I know um, we had a guest a couple of episodes who like recently discovered D and D, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I played it back in the day with my brother and some of his friends and stuff, and it just is like. I've garnered appreciation for it. I think it, you know, it gets a bad rap is probably, you know, one of the dorkier things you can do, but yeah, yeah. like it, it just, yeah, you get like, cause I likened it to almost like, like you're doing improv or something. Like it's very like articulated, structured improv. Cause like, if you're doing it right, you're going to be like, okay, what would my character do? Like, what would they say? Yeah. You know, and you're like, you're like totally getting out of your own head and just like, you know, doing that. And, you know, you can do it if it's like fantasy or sci-fi or like, you know, a lot of the, uh, kind of popular universes have their own like role-playing, you know, game version or whatever. Um, so it could even be like, Oh, I really love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I want to play a role, ca- you know, role-playing game in that <laughs> or like, um, you know, or just kind of like straight uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think, yeah, you've got kind of all your, uh, kind of your street cred there. Cause I think like I've been trying to really get into gaming more. Like I've done that all my life and I've always, I, I guess still always like keep tabs on it. Just kind of knowing like, Oh, that game looks cool. Or I'm kind of seeing what people are talking about and whatever. And like, I, I feel like I'm like so behind now where people be like, Oh, do you play this? Yeah. You play that? And I'm like, all my cred is gone, man. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I was just like giving myself a break. Cause it's like, I got a lot of other stuff I got to do. So like, I'm, I'm doing my best here. Um, but yeah, I mean, board games, I think that, because I, I know I was just talking to somebody about this too, just like missing doing like couch co-op or like, you know, playing against my brother, like right next to me kind of thing. And I think board games yeah. are kind of supplementing that where it's like, okay, yeah, we can like hang out together in person and, you know, do something fun. Cause anymore, I mean, they're just like playing online or playing solo in a game. So um, yeah. yeah, it's cool. I guess that stuff, yeah. since you brought it up, I should mention that um, my husband, a friend of ours, and myself, we do play Diablo together. Mm. Um, so it's almost like the old land parties, except for it's on a console. Um, but that's great, where we just get together and we just start running through dungeons together and destroying everything, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of fun and a good way for me to just kind of let loose and be social. I don't do it often enough, but I do try to fit it in here and there. Helps refresh the the mind, mm-hmm. you know. Focus on something else for a little bit. Yeah, I needed. Uh, I was just talking to my brother about Diablo, so I feel like that's uh, gonna be one of my next purchases. But um, well, I we guess <laughs> yeah. Well, put that out into the universe, like people keep me honest. So um, have to follow up on how I uh, enjoy it, but. Um, well, yeah, I guess, you know, you mentioned like that kind of intentionality. I mean, just fitting it into your life or like making sure that you're getting together um, for those like monthly um, board game parties and stuff like that, like game nights and stuff. So, you know, putting that energy out there, like how is that, you know, obviously it's just the relaxation, but anything else maybe um, in terms of like your hobbies and things that you've done, like how have those positively contributed to your life to, if you want to kind of dig deeper into that um, of any sort of anecdote or just sort of like, you know, like life advice or tip that you've kind of garnered from, you know, maybe doing something very unique like D&D or just making the intentional effort to make sure you're making room for the things that bring joy into your life. Yeah, absolutely. So for me personally, um, I mean, I think most of us can agree that when you focus on one thing for too long, you really get fatigued um, and you can start going in a circle in your thoughts and especially it's like my job has a lot of times where things are not working and when you just keep doing something and it's not working and it's not working, you get really discouraged. 
And this happens to anyone who's doing research. It's, it's very common. And part of why we have these game nights is the idea is that we can just relax, be with each other for a few hours, socialize. It helps us also like bond. Um, so everyone that that's various labs who come to these events. So it's not just my lab and we're all pretty close knit at this particular facility. So like, Anytime we're having a problem, we can go to anyone who's there and we feel close enough that we can like talk about what's wrong with our research. We're all doing extremely different kinds of research. Everyone's working in different parts of the body. So it's not even like we have a tissue that's similar between us. Huh. And yet like we're all very close knit and we're all aware of what everyone else is doing. And I just find that like when I come home after my brain is like, exhausted itself even just watching netflix for an hour can kind of help reset that and by you know the end of watching some episode like my brain has already like refreshed itself and i think that's really important and something that especially undergrads i know i didn't appreciate this as an undergrad personally and most of the undergrads i know now definitely don't appreciate this <laughs> but you definitely need to reset your brain <laughs> You definitely need to give it a break. Let it focus on something else because in the back of your head, you're going to process all those things that you were trying to process and you're struggling to get through. It will happen. You just got to you just got to put it on the back burner to let your brain work it out while you just take a break. Um, that is the biggest piece of advice I could give anyone who's who's really going at it um, in their studies. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Um, well, cause yeah, I think that those are the, like, there's just so much value in like the hobbies that we do, the side project, you know, this, and having that awareness of how valuable they are so that you're making sure to make time for them. And like, I think, yeah, those like two pieces of what you said of just like, you know, sometimes like, you know, I'm sure it's just like venting about like this frustrating thing that was going on, but other times it could just be that like second pair of eyes. You're like, Oh, I'm really struggling, you know, to do this. And somebody could be like, well, have you ever tried doing it this way? Or, oh, I, you know, I encountered something like that and this is what worked for me. Or even just like what you're saying, you know, you kind of just like check your brain at the door, plop down and watch a show or something. It could be, you know, because again, I, I feel like, I don't know if you'll recommend anything uh, in particular <laughs> that you do, but like, or like, you know, like that you watch, but like, um, because I feel like so many like high operating, like high achieving people watch like the trashiest reality television <laughs> because they just really <laughs> need to like check their brain. But it's like doing that. And like sometimes even if it's like just being bored or just being quiet, you know, like because I'll just like drive with the radio off and just like, you know, I'm, you know, basically on autopilot because I've driven it, you know, a million times. So I know, you know, where I'm going kind of thing. It's like you can yeah allow that room to like slow down, allow for inspiration and that idea to come um, through just kind of slowing down and, you know, sometimes even just like tuning out. Um, cause yeah, I think there's that societal pressure to always be just like, well, you know, what's next? Like, what am I doing? You know, that's like that it's hard to just turn that off and quiet and just be still, but it has a lot of value just in terms of reducing your stress, but you could find that solution. Like you're saying, like processing all that stuff that was like getting inputted in throughout the day, now your brain can kind of sort it out, connect it and um, provide some clarity. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad that that has uh, been your experience and you're appreciative <laughs> of that kind of like, uh, kind of being able to manage your energy and, um, you know, have that space and everything. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Um, 
Well, so I guess, yeah, is there anything in particular? You've mentioned a couple of things that we'll definitely include in the show notes, like the games that you play and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anything that you're reading, watching, and or listening to that you'd like to uh, recommend so we can include in the show notes? Well, you brought it up. So I really love trashy sci-fi. <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The worse, the better almost. Uh, and I can't really think of any specific examples right now. Um, but it's definitely <laughs> one of those when Netflix used to have like ratings instead of how close it matches you. If it was a sci-fi show that had one star, that's what I would pick. Right. So I, is it like stuff like on par with like Sharknado, just really like kitschy or kind of like poor, like, like the CGI is like low quality, but it's just sort of like funny, like that kind of stuff. Like, is that sort of like, it's what more it is, like yeah. outlandish. Okay. Um, right. So, so Z Nation, which is more fantasy than sci-fi, was poking fun at like the zombie craze. Okay. Um, but the first season, so Z Nation later seasons doesn't fall into this as much because they they understand that it's bad. <laughs> I I like it when they don't know they're doing a bad job. Right. right. Um, but their first season was so bad, and it looked like they were trying so hard, but it was just so bad. Um, it was quite entertaining. Gotcha. Yeah. It was like the, the overacting. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and the like really bad puns. And then like trying to be like really serious, but kind of joking and over the top about the zombies, um, which zombies in and of themselves are just great. Really just bad science, but great. <laughs> I mean, most of them, most of them are, are pretty bad science, but still love it absolutely love it yeah i guess it's good yeah you imagine sometimes like in any in any capacity like you know if you're cursed with too much knowledge and you can never enjoy stuff anymore because you're just like you're completely <laughs> wrong you know about history or about like how politics works or something um, yeah so yeah it's good that you can uh still uh enjoy uh, like bad science because like yeah there's so many like tropes or cliches that are just like always you know go-tos for uh or stuff like that but um yeah it's just like yeah the self-importance and like you know the, the earnest uh you know where they're just like like this is like good we're gonna try and like really you know commit to it and stuff and like yeah sometimes it like it does like lose a little bit of the the appeal if it's like like oh it's bad and we know we're bad and we're like leaning into it or like winking at the camera um if it's just yeah. like no like you're really thinking you're making like a masterpiece and you're kind of you know <laughs> missing the mark so um no, that's great. They they yeah. never run out of bullets. Okay, one of the yeah. <laughs> that's that's like my favorite part. They they don't conserve them and they always have them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, which th it's like there's no like you know conflict or like you know there's no like oh they're like surviving. It's like yeah, this is essentially an '80s action movie. Like they just yes. unlimited ammo and like yeah, um, which those are also good. Like you know trashy like any like Schwarzenegger movie from the '80s like. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> um, well, I guess, yeah, anything else that you might want to recommend? I don't know if you're like, you know, if there's like a Spotify playlist that you love or a podcast or anything else you might be reading that you'd want to um, recommend. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm not reading anything. I read most of the reading I do is like papers yeah, right, yeah. and <laughs> I don't want to read anymore. So um, I can recommend great journal articles, but that's not going to help anyone unless you want to go to sleep. Uh, 
I do listen to a lot of music though. And um, I pretty much listen to Pandora exclusively. And I've been really into like the music from Black Panther mm. and um, by the artist Khaled. There's just something about the way that he puts his music together. It's got interest, like really interesting sounds that go along with the lyrics and just a really good sound. So like when I'm working in the lab, it's calming while also being like interesting. So my brain can focus on that a little bit. Um, and, and like I can get really zoned into what I'm doing in the lab. So yeah, stuff by him. And um, I guess Nikki Heaton is another one of my favorites. Um, she's also got like a almost like bluesy feel, but modernized. Um, yeah, and then the Black Panther soundtrack is amazing. Yes. So yes. that that is definitely something I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah, heavy rotation. Um, but I guess yeah, I guess because I think I've now been using Spotify in that similar way of what like you know when Pandora kind of came on the scene of just sort of like because uh, Spotify has like the discover weekly, you know, they'll kind of like curate different kind of music yeah. for you and stuff. So it's like, yeah, if you're just like, yeah, I really like this and it'll give you stuff that's like that. And, you know, if you're like, yes, no, yes, you know, but then if it's like, you have a go-to as well, you can just, you know, listen to that. But, um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, we will uh, wrap up the episode here. Um, as we always do, if you want to, uh, just highlight something or things that you are looking forward to in your job, life and or the world. Oh, sure. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the current aspect of my project I'm working on. Um, so I'm doing a lot of kind of like, a, I guess the term would be genome to phenome. So looking at how like the gene genetic makeup of, of us, so I'm working with human samples, that our genetic makeup and how things are expressed, how it affects the behavior of the cells. So that's really cool. Um, there are sex differences there. So like males and females have different expression of genes, which makes sense. And that translates to different behaviors. And this is at the cellular level, which is something that might be surprising to some people. But even our cells have slight differences due to whether or not they have an X chromosome or a Y chromosome. I should say extra X chromosome wow. or a Y chromosome. So I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Cutting edge. Not a lot of people are super focused on how uh, sex may contribute to various diseases or how it may be different in males versus females. Um, so this is something that's up and coming and I think is really cool and interesting and something people should really start thinking about. Well, yeah, I guess it does sound like you uh, are onto something there. And um, yeah, because I think, that, you know, there's so many aspects of like, yeah, like health that if you're contouring it more to, um individual yeah i'm sure it's just gonna be that much more beneficial versus like just trying to kind of you know kind of throw the same sort of strategies uh you know it's just like oh this is just generally you know when we just sort of throw at this uh sort of problem or anything like that it's uh yeah, i'm sure there's a lot more nuances to it than that that you know vary by by sex or you know by um just kind of culture background you know like there's so many different yeah. like factors and stuff so yeah it's cool that you know you're kind of digging into the, the one aspect that like you said, you know, a lot of different applications that could just be very beneficial to helping reduce suffering and all that good stuff. So it's definitely something to uh, look forward to your commitment to that work. And I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing and all that you've shared about uh, all that good stuff. And 
Um, I'm glad that you're kind of back in the, the general neighborhood. Uh, look forward to <laughs> trying to hang out yeah. again here soon. And um, yeah, just best of luck, you know, continuing with your with your projects there. And uh, um, yeah, just really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me and listening to me geek out. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect EDU Podcast Network, bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at connectedupod. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.